Hi everyone, welcome to How to Live, a podcast that explores ways to live a good life. I'm your host Sharad Lal. This is episode 26. I'll begin with a short story. When I started personal development work 7-8 years back, I embraced spirituality, coaching, therapy, started practicing mindfulness, meditation, yoga, and many other related activities in an effort to become the best version of myself. I thought doing so many good things will make me a good person. But despite all this, I'd find myself getting nasty with others, angry, out of control. Many negative parts of me would still be around. I would think to myself, "Damn, after so much work, sacrifices and effort, I'm still not good." I still have all these ugly things inside of me. Then I would console myself saying I've made some progress. My previous self would have gotten a lot more angrier many more times than I do now. That was true and it helped a bit, but the darkness inside me didn't show signs of disappearing. So I would question is all this hard work worth it? Why should I go through this when it doesn't take away all the bad stuff from inside? That's when I came across the concept of the shadow. It put things in perspective. We all have a shadow. The shadow consists of all the negativity, ugliness inside us that we are ashamed of. Personal development does not mean removing the shadow or removing all the darkness. Instead, it's being aware of the darkness inside us. Growth is not becoming good. It's becoming whole. By becoming whole, we integrate the negative with the positive. This allows us to control the negative impulses from harming ourselves and others. And as I studied the shadow in more detail I realized shadow work not only helps us keep the monster in check but it also gives us access to tremendous energy unleashing this energy can help us unlock parts of ourselves that we didn't even know existed this paves the way for brilliance and greatness that all of us have inside us that's the focus of today's episode the shadow we will cover what is the shadow how is it formed how can we see our shadow what power can the shadow unleash and how can we integrate the shadow into ourselves but before getting into this episode thank you to you listening for your generous support with your support the podcast is now listened to in over 75 countries over 570 cities and is in the top 5% globally please do consider leaving us a rating on spotify apple podcast or wherever you're listening to this thank you in advance a note on today's episode Earlier when I was using words like monster, ugliness, hate, etc, I felt uncomfortable and weird. But given that we're talking about the shadow, it's important to use the right words and not euphemisms. As we will see, the shadow gets created because we mask undesirable things and repress them. So we won't do that in today's episode. Back to the episode. In 1885, the great writer Robert Louis Stevenson had a terrible dream. In his dream he saw a meek man with a monster inside him. This inspired one of the greatest novels in history, The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. The idea was so strong that Robert Louis Stevenson wrote the novel in just 6 weeks. This theme is popular even today across movies, TV shows and books. Why did such a bizarre concept? That's how his wife described it when she read the first draft. Rumor has it that she even burnt that first draft. So why did such a bizarre concept capture our attention so strongly? It's because the lead character is disturbingly similar to most of us. All of us, however virtuous we might be on the outside, have something troublesome and monstrous inside us. Both good and bad live within us. This thought isn't new. 
It's always existed. Whether it's spiritual text from the Bhagavad Gita, which is the spiritual guide of the Hindus that describes the fight between the good and evil inside us, or Western philosophy from Plato, great thinkers have always been fascinated by the evil inside us. The term shadow, however, was coined recently by renowned psychologist Carl Jung. He believed that where there is light, there must be a shadow. So how does the shadow get developed in us? Carl Jung believed that for every positive trait we have, there is a negative corresponding one. Where there's love, there's always hate. Where there's passion, there's always anger. As we grow up, the good traits get applauded, the bad ones get shunned. As a result, we repress the bad ones. They, however, don't disappear. Instead, they go into the unconscious. All these repressed traits become our shadow. According to Jung, the shadow consists of repressed ideas, weaknesses, desires, instincts and shortcomings. A good way to visualize the shadow is how the great poet Robert Bly put it. He referred to the shadow as the long black bag that all of us carry everywhere. Whenever we don't like anything about ourselves, we throw it into this bag. As we get older, the bag gets longer and longer. It becomes pretty heavy to carry around. That's why all our issues that weigh us down are often referred to as baggage. We take our baggage into work, into friendships, into relationships. But we never look into that bag. With this shadow hidden away, on the surface, we can become whatever ideal version we like or what other people like about us. This is the mask we wear around. This mask was referred to by Jung as the persona. So we have a public visible self, that's the persona, and the dark hidden self, that's the shadow. Another way to think about the shadow is through the lens of the ego. Our ego has an ideal view of ourselves. Anything that comes in the way of this ideal self that the ego constructs is discarded into the shadow. The shadow is created in an effort to preserve our goodness. The shadow isn't just personal, it's collective as well. A group of people could have a common shadow. One country fighting against another is an example. Or one race hating another. All of humanity could also have a collective shadow. Fearing ghosts, villains, monsters, etc. There is, however, some good news about our shadow. Shadows are not all bad. In that dark, dingy bag, there are some nuggets of brilliance. However surprising it might sound, but often we are most scared by our own superpowers. So we hide them in our shadow. Jung mentioned that we can get skeletons out of the closet, but it's more difficult to get gold out of the closet. So why should we bother about the shadow? Why is it important? There are many reasons. We're going to talk five of them. First, it gets blind spots in the open. In life, our shadow can suddenly show up in any form, ranging from sudden anger on small things, overreactions, immoral acts, to ghastly acts of violence. This can ruin relationships and cause irreparable harm. With shadow work, we can learn to be careful with ourselves. Controversial clinical psychologist Jordan Peterson often says, Be careful of yourself. You're a ticking time bomb. Second, finding depth. Without the shadow, we're just masks, meandering around, trying to please people, changing ourselves to fit in. We live a shallow existence. Shadow is what provides us our depth. Third, getting less triggered. Getting triggered has become a thing in modern times. We seem to be constantly triggered and irritated. And we think it's because of what someone did or what someone said. Instead, it's things we're doing to ourselves. 
the shadow is projecting here. We'll explain this in more detail shortly. Fourth, unlocking trapped energy ready for release. The shadow contains tremendous energy, especially creative energy. We've seen Adele create platinum hits tapping on her sadness. Writers and artists taking that rage, putting it on a page and creating masterpieces. The creative energy in our shadow can help us do extraordinary things. Fifth, becoming whole and authentic. When the masks are off, we can breathe, access our full personality and become who we truly are. There's an important side note about becoming whole. Sometimes we think being whole means we can be nasty to others, we can behave badly because that's part of us. But that's not what being whole is. It means accepting and integrating both the good and bad within ourselves so we can control the bad from harming others and harness the energy from the shadow. Okay, now for all the good work that the shadow can do to us, the first step is to be able to see the shadow. The shadow is hidden from us. So we need to find a way to open that long black bag and have a look. How do we do that? Before getting into it, another short story. This time it's about you. Imagine your partner and you are invited to a party. You know the host, but there'll be many others that you don't know. COVID restrictions have been lifted, so everyone's making an extra effort to invite as many people as they can. At night, you put the kids to sleep and are ready to go. You're excited and also nervous to meet so many new people. As you enter the lobby of the building, you can hear murmurings. It sounds like fun. There's excitement on top. You go in, see everyone having fun, and you join the festivities and have a good time. Shortly afterwards, someone enters. Seems like a nice guy, but very soon he's talking loudly to everyone. He starts showing off. He talks about the various businesses he has. He talks about how much money he's making, traveling in first class, wearing only certain brands. You get the picture. He's taken over the party, and that's where all the fun ends. You go home and complain to your partner. Your partner thought he was a show-off, but isn't really too angry. She's just forgotten about him. But you're very angry, almost fuming. What a wanker. What a jerk. Spoiled everyone's evening. You keep thinking about him and getting irritated weeks after meeting him. You're disgusted by him. Well, if you've experienced this, you met your shadow. We all have different shadows. Showing off could be your shadow. It may not be, maybe it's something else, but let's say showing off is your shadow. However, in this story, showing off wasn't your partner's shadow. Maybe your partner's shadow is laziness, stupidity, sensuality, or spirituality. Your partner could have a disproportionate reaction to any of this. Net, reacting very strongly over reactions to someone or something is an indication of our shadow. In reality, however, we're not disgusted by this person or thing. Instead, we are disgusted by parts of ourselves we see in this person. Parts of ourselves which were nicely hidden away in the big black bag. Now, they're out in the open. This disgusts us and we can't understand why. So this is the most common way to see our shadow. It's through projection. We project by attributing a negative quality to someone else in an unconscious effort to banish it from ourselves. According to English psychologist Molly Tubby, here are some statements that indicate projection by our shadow. I just can't believe he would do that. Oops, I didn't mean to say that. This is the third time you did this. I'm so ashamed about how he treats me. 
He really let his weight get out of control. At moments like these, we are possessed by strong feelings of shame or anger, or we find our behavior is off the mark in some way. That's when the shadow is unexpectedly erupting. The projection is not just on other people. We could project onto characters in movies, TV shows, celebs, or novels. Other ways to notice our shadow is through our humor. What darkness do we conceal in our jokes? Are they gory? Are they slapstick? Are they dirty? What do we laugh at? What do we react to? Another way to see our shadow is in our dreams. Dreams have a symbolic language. Interpreting them can be difficult. For more details, we'll be discussing dreams, interpreting dreams, shadow work with acclaimed and award-winning author Tokopa Turner in the next episode that releases on October 25th. All right, so once we see our shadow, how do we integrate it into ourselves? Jung calls this process individuation. It's combining the persona with the shadow. This is a very, very difficult process. Please indulge me in yet another short story. This time it's not about you or me, it's about someone else. This story shows how difficult and painful this process of confronting one's shadow is. A woman in her early 40s, doing really well in her career, was looking at the next move to a senior management role. The feedback she kept getting was to be more assertive, more commanding. She needed to be able to drive her team towards tough goals set by the company. But she didn't want to become this person. She hated her last two bosses, both dominant bosses with no empathy. They were almost like bullies. She always had a strong reaction to these people, absolutely abhorred them. Luckily, she'd been working with a psychologist on shadow work. She realized that this triggered dominant male energy was her shadow. She discarded it in her childhood. Now she needed to reclaim it. When she first came face to face with that masculine energy, This is how she described it. Imagine a caveman who's been in hiding for 30 years, now out in the open. Not only is this man frustrated in being held captive for so long, the world has changed, men have changed, manhood has changed. But this person in the shadow has not. He's still stuck in the 1900s. Reconciling this person with oneself is not only difficult but tremendously scary. That's why one should consider using a specialist to do shadow work. One doesn't know what skeletons lie in that dark, dingy bag. Now, in terms of individuation, Carl Jung outlines three steps: first, accepting one's shadow, accepting one has negative, disturbing, immoral things in us; second. see its qualities and intentions in its raw form third do the long and difficult negotiation psychologist ken wilber describes these in practical terms accepting one's shadow is reversing the direction of the projection instead of he's hurting me or she's triggering me it's i'm hurting myself or i'm triggering myself second one can see the shadow in its raw form by turning up that feeling So if I feel guilty instead of trying to remove guilt I can try to feel even more guilty that way we can create the feelings of guilt in our conscious state in our persona then the persona and the shadow can do the difficult negotiation wrestle with each other and we find a balance if this sounds theoretical that's fine it's always good to use an expert to help us with this shadow work is always long it can take years 
It involves living with duality, meditating with it, holding paradoxes. We will also be discussing holding paradoxes in our next episode with acclaimed author Tokopa Turner. Ultimately, through the process of shadow work, we let go of the myth that we are all good. Instead, we become whole and complete. If the concept of the shadow resonated with you, here's an action step you could consider. What's something that irritates us immensely, more than it should? It could be a person or a thing. What about it irritates us? Is it despair, arrogance, stupidity or something else? This will give us a hint about a part of our shadow. From this point on, we can be on the lookout for the straight showing up and notice what it does. We can write about it or simply observe ourselves. Just figuring this out and accepting it is a huge step. We then have some awareness of our shadow. Best of luck. That's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. We will be back with another episode related to this 2 weeks from now. We have with us acclaimed author Tokopa Turner. That episode will drop on October 25th. In that episode, we'll talk about our need for fitting in and belonging. How this sometimes forces us to play low. We also discuss shadow work and how to interpret dreams. I hope you join me for that. Till next time, have a wonderful day ahead. Bye bye.